welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast where two, three, four, or sometimes even more longtime friends get together and talk about one of their favorite hobbies, video games. Today, we're talking about the value of games. My name is Andrew Kimball, and I'm your host. Joining me today, we have the number one Majesty fan, Dylan Wren. Hello, everybody. The only person still playing Animal Crossing, Aubrey Kimball. <laughs> hello, hello. Sitting in my kitchen, Joseph Summer. Something a little more exciting than hay. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> and I didn't say and, but that's it. Before we dive in, I just want to ask that if you enjoy our show, please tell a friend. It would really mean a lot. Also, check us out on all the various social media platforms and YouTube by searching Level Playing Field Gaming so you can interact with us. If you're still feeling generous after that, subscribing and leaving a review would be super helpful in growing our show and our community. Before we get started, I just wanted to mention something real quick that I've noticed in the last couple weeks or so, a little bump, a little increase in our downloads and and our our listens, which I think is super exciting. So I wanted to just kind of do a more casual welcome to anybody that's joining us now. I hope you like what you hear and you stick around. Uh, Definitely want to thank everyone who's been listening since the beginning and everybody who's been listening since whenever you jumped on and that has stuck with us. We really do appreciate it. And in a more casual and laid back fashion than what I just did, I do really, you know, I would really genuinely appreciate it if you would leave us a review or rate us on whatever podcasting service you listen to, or, you know, go check out our YouTube or anything like that, that we're doing it. It really does help us build our community. It really does help us grow our show get more eyes on us, I guess, more listens, more, you know, and then any feedback you might have. That's the last thing I want to say is, is we really do value feedback. So you can email us, you can reach out on any of our social media pages, whatever. I check them all. Uh, Joe and Dylan are on a couple of them. I think Caleb's on one of them. So, you know, just shoot us a message or a thing. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like, what you thought was interesting, what you want to see us expound on or maybe talk about a little more or maybe give us a question or maybe some segment ideas you have or some game ideas. We're always open to more game ideas. We love playing games on this show. So I just wanted to throw that out there, get it out of the way in the beginning, just kind of mention it. You know, we really do appreciate all of our listeners. We had a uh, a review come in this week from England that, yeah, it was really cool. I saw it on uh, through Chartable because Apple doesn't actually let me see reviews outside of my region on their app, but I did see it and I thought that was super cool. So we really appreciate it. Just wanted to hammer that home and uh, say it in a little bit more sincere and casual laid back fashion than just our typical intro outro thing. So thank you all again. With that, let's go ahead and let's start with Joe's favorite favorite segment, Fantasy Critic Update. Does anybody have it pulled up? I would be very surprised if that is did a not. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I do, but I was going to let Joe take his favorite segment. Uh, if he wanted I, it. So, <laughs> I don't Joe have anything liter- pulled up. I'm, I'm sitting in Andrew's kitchen with a computer that isn't mine. And I'm okay. yeah, I was gonna say, he's minute. literally in my kitchen. So yeah, he's yeah. working on the... I forgot to pull it up. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I Dylan, also if you have wanna, it up. But. If, uh, yeah. Go ahead and throw down what's been going on. Give us a little bit of a Yeah. So recap. if you don't know, we're doing a fantasy league where we drafted a bunch of 
video games that we thought were going to come out this year. Um, <laughs> this was before all of the coronavirus stuff. So that's been interesting. But we've had a few things happen since the last time we checked in. So Joe, his his studio picked up uh, Total War, Troy, I believe. Is that Total War Troy? Yeah, that's the only one that's um, coming out this year that I know of. Yeah, and, and it has come out since you picked it up. Um, Which is a miracle, because I think I have yeah. three, a whole three on my list that have are delayed <laughs> to 2021. Yes. I think yes. you have the most games on your list, though, yeah, to be you, fair. Yeah, true, you've definitely true. picked up the most. And so currently it's sitting at a 76 on Open Critic, which is getting you six points. And it was free on Epic Game Store. It probably is not now. So sorry, guys. But but it was. So maybe that'll contribute to some more reviews. Who knows? Hope you got it. Yeah. If you're hearing this now and you didn't get it, it's too late. <laughs> I picked up a few games. I picked up Godfall, which is the... Uh, gearbox game that they're the looter slasher yeah the looter slasher or whatever that they're releasing for well they they kind of announced it like it was a ps5 exclusive but it's not i picked up wasteland 3 i've not played any of the wasteland games but the people who like wasteland are excited for it so i kind of adopted joe's like fighter game strategy where it's like oh the fighter game people they're gonna review the fighter game and they're gonna love it and so I'm hoping that the people who already love Wasteland are going to review Wasteland 3. What fighter game did I pick up? Like Blaze Blue or something? Did uh, you pick that isn't up? Isn't that a Pokemon? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It Grand was, Blue uh, Fantasy versus. Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh, isn't that, yeah. isn't that one of those like anime gotcha games? Or is that <laughs> no, a fighter? I think it's an, anim- I think it's it's an anime a fighter fighting game. game I, think. Uh, I just was like, wait, that's an anime game. Generally, the only people who play anime games are people who like anime. Yeah. Ergo, it's probably going to review well. Less people review it. Exactly. Yeah. And then I picked up Deathloop, which is that cool-looking Bethesda game. You think that's coming out this year? I mean, I think it's got a shot as much as any of these other games that I thought had shots. So it hasn't uh, been officially labeled as not coming out this year yet. Does oh, it have a release date? Let me know. Holiday 2020 is the estimated release date. Ooh, that's so. tight. Which they could be waiting for the console, like the official mm-hmm. console release date to be announced before they announce it, but still, yeah. yeah. But Bethesda in general seems like it has been hitting its dates. I could be completely wrong on that, but I don't remember news of like Skyrim. Like, obviously there's they're talking about stuff that's like years out when they talk about Starfield and Field. Elder Scrolls Six or whatever, but once they announce something, I don't remember things really like, cause did doom get pushed at all? I don't, I so. maybe don't, I have no idea, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like I've seen a lot of their stuff get pushed significantly. So I have hopes. I was going to make a joke about, they don't mind just releasing it broken, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's arcane making it. Well, it's arcane, right? Yeah. Bethesda's just publishing it. So it's not, it's not like Beth- it's not a Bethesda proper game. Right. Kind of like Doom's not a Bethesda proper game. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you, uh, you bring up precedent, but I mean, Halo got delayed, and that was supposed to true. be a launch title. So that was actually supposed happen. to be an Xbox One title that yeah. became a launch title that has now been pushed past launch. So yeah. I mean, with as I don't much trust as everybody in anything was anymore. Yeah, I don't. 
It's like I don't know Sonic about the Hedgehog yeah, movie all over again. Yeah. I mean, well, their, their officially stated reason was that was basically like, oh, it's because of COVID that we have to push mm-hmm. it back. But also, the time, you know, that kind of makes everybody go, hmm. Yeah. Interesting how you said that right after the internet lost their minds about it. So, yeah. Well, I think they what? said something about like wanting to launch because they've come out and said that the multiplayer is going to be like free to play and separate from the single player. And I saw something where they like, I think Phil Spencer was on animal talking with Gary Witta and had said something about like, they didn't want to launch like the campaign and the multiplayer separately. And I don't know which one was the one that they were, were delaying for. I would imagine the multiplayer, but I don't know. Um, Well, that makes two of us. So my struggle was, Sorry, my struggle with SpongeBob continues. Yeah, it had, so. it had bounced up to a negative, and someone else reviewed it, and now we're back down to minus one one point. It used to be a, a true neutral for me. Yeah, now it's a negative and, one again. And your Paper Mario underperformed, shockingly, a seventy eight, which is getting you eight points, which is not bad. Like that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Caleb kind of mentioned that too about how. It's either going to blow everybody away or it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and I feel like everything I've seen on it has been people being like, oh, I like this game, but I guess they like it okay and not like. It's not redefining oh, yeah, the it's, genre. It's one of those it's their that's best like selling. Best selling Paper Mario? Yeah. It's, it's probably just because it's on the Switch, which mean, is their. That's fair. Like, <laughs> uh, really well. But yeah, I think it's like. It's fun to play but it's mm-hmm. also not like anything ridiculously special you know like mm-hmm. this is a good game yeah it's like it's and it's a good game probably for like younger mm-hmm. players not kind of like pokemon it's not doing anything crazy but i'm really curious to see how uh, microsoft flight simulator is gonna do yeah dated to come I've been out hearing really good things about that one yeah so. it almost seems wrong to call that a game but because the tech, like I was listening to a podcast today about it where the, the guy who had played it, he'd played it a bunch to write like preview coverage and stuff for it. And mm-hmm. he was saying that he literally got on the game when he knew his aunt, I think, was getting on a flight and he mm-hmm. watched her flight in that game. Wow. Like they have real, yeah, like real they, flight data and real flight patterns happening in real time. And it's like it. That's not like it's it's interactive content, but I don't know. Is it a game? I mean, it's it <laughs> it's is like, a simulator. Like it's yeah. like teaching software. Yeah, yeah. yeah like like a, a true simulator is weird because it, like it is a game, but also isn't a ga- like, game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Though I would argue that I think this still falls in that category because it's the the coverage that I saw. It's tweakable enough that you can play it like a game. You can set it up so that it basically will perform most of the flight operations for you. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is move your thumbstick to manipulate the flight yoke. And it's like, that's all you do. You don't have to worry about any of the flaps or trim or like all those little bit of bitty tweaks. And if, yeah. if you just want to, you know, Oh, I know somebody who's about to take a flight and you just want to, you know, get in a Cessna and like fly alongside them and, you also you'll see the weather that they're seeing because they're streaming in real time 
weather data. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, that's the, the tech is so cool. The, yeah. From an engineering perspective, I geeked out hard looking up like what they did for that game because mm-hmm. yeah, they they stream in flight data, weather data. Um, they sh- will stream in super high res satellite imagery of the Earth if your machine can like handle the amount of data they have to stream to pull that off right that's kind of the the one i guess downside to that game is that it's very very demanding um to play above low settings but if you can just all the work that went into it and like the fidelity just seems incredible Mm -hmm. and it'll only get easier yeah it's very very uh, this is the future kind of like whoa yeah when they talked about the cloud like 10 years ago and nobody really knew what it was there for, what it's supposed to do, it's there for this. This is what the cloud mm-hmm. is going to lead us to as this kind of thing becomes more common. Yeah. So is there any other things we got to shout out in the, um, the fantasy league? Well, the the rest of it, I think, kind of segues into our news section because um, the rest of it is just delays. Um, well, then uh, why don't we move into our news segment? Yeah. Halo Infinite got delayed. We kind of touched on that a little bit, but they delayed it in the 2021. Um, Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Because it's too good for this terrible year, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So is the guy who's never played a Halo game? Yeah, I I don't. don't. I have played multiplayer. Yeah, saying I've never played a Halo game is a little bit inaccurate. but I've played Halo games as much as I've played Call of Duty games. Dylan's sniping well, me from a tower. I have played multiplayer and I have started the campaign of one like four times. So, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> delayed that, that felt like, uh, that hurt for Microsoft. Yeah. Like that, that was, that stung for them and their like launch plans. Mm-hmm. Granted, they're launching a service this year yeah. and they don't necessarily like they want you to buy their new consoles, but they also they mostly just want you to subscribe to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But also just after it got delayed, I was like, I cannot deal with Twitter yeah. right now because the fanboy and the tribalism was just mm-hmm. ridiculous right after that happened. So, yeah, like on the one hand, I'm sad to see it delayed. And I th- and I, if they delayed it because there were a bunch of neckbeards on the internet being like the, the elites don't look good enough. The um, I'm blanking on the other Ray the brutes don't look good enough. Like if they delayed it, it for that reason, flat. but like, it did look flat. I mean, it did look flat, <laughs> but like beard. they still had several months worth of like the graphical stuff's the last stuff that gets touched up. So that was going to look way better anyway. So yeah, I, and I don't see them well, so the it just the other of that. the other um, detail that's important to keep in mind is the campaign side of Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. The leadership got reshuffled pretty heavily yeah. partway through development. Um, specifically, they had a at least one creative director just up and left in the middle of the project. Maybe even two. I, I'm mm-hmm. not a hundred percent on that. But yeah, when your creative director leaves before the campaign is finished, like well before the campaign is finished, mm-hmm. um, like that's a really bad sign. Like I think that yeah. just given how little they've shown of the game, I think that mm-hmm. that 
is a we can guess that the campaign has not been completely finished and it's still fairly unpolished yeah and so yeah you don't creative directors reshuffling i i think the some of the visual complaints are valid um yeah just it's not like they have to redo the visuals but there's a looks like there's still a lot of work that needs to go Mm. into the various shaders um and so you add all of that up and like i said it's something is deeply off with Mm. halo infinite because for them to push the game that an already pushed game that far back outside of the console launch window Mm-hmm. that's the big that, thing outside yeah. of console launch like that's 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 yeah. the thing i think andrew and i were texting earlier this week where it's like i think i feel like because they pushed this game there's got to be something like fundamentally broken with it because like just put something out and hope yeah especially it, considering it's supposed to be like a game that grows over time yeah. like they're gonna launch it and then treat it like they've been treating master chief where they kind of grow it over mm-hmm. time and if they're not willing to launch the base aspect of it right mm-hmm. now, then yeah, there's, yeah, it's kind of like Joe's hot take should have been about halo and not cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think I'm going to have to walk back what I said about cyberpunk. Cause they just dropped yeah. like, well, yeah, I, want, I, I wanted to get trailers. into that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cyberpunk. So that's a, I've kind of gone like dark on cyberpunk because I'm already 100% sold on it and I don't want to like watch a ton more stuff, but Joe, mm-hmm. the cyberpunk, person who is like you're down on cyberpunk you thought it was gonna be bad tell me why you don't think that anymore (laughs) okay i I had i had two two thoughts on cyberpunk i thought that it might i won't necessarily say be bad but like it's going we can pull back up the audio but to summarize it's going to be somewhat controversial when it comes out and like Mm -hmm. not be the blow away masterpiece that the witcher 3 was yeah but the mm-hmm. other thing i have to walk back is that cyberpunk was going to come out i think in our hot takes episode i wildly threw out there the accusation that they were going to delay cyberpunk one more time <laughs> and be- and i had based that off of the fact that they had shown very very little of the game mm-hmm. they had shown about as much of cyberpunk actually they had shown more than they've shown of halo but like not a yeah. whole lot more it was like one little slice of gameplay and then a bunch of cinematic mm-hmm. stuff but they dropped a whole bunch of gameplay trailers this week, uh, which to me would indicate that they're happy with the way things are and feel like it's representative enough of the final game that they're like, all right, let's start pushing the stuff out and really ramping up our marketing push, which means they're not banking on this release in November. Did you guys watch the Night City Wire? Dylan, I know you said you yeah, were dark. Yeah, I, I didn't because I, I want to... I didn't see the whole like Nightwire thing, but I did watch a couple of the individual trailers they put out. I don't know that this Night City Wire would like super affect going dark. They didn't show off a lot. The main things they showed off were the different starting class, like starting backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And then they showed off like Keanu Reeves characters, rock band and the, like the making of the music for Mm -hmm. that, which is pretty cool and relevant to, at least three of the four out of us. Cause it's like a Swedish, like kind of punk rock yeah. hardcore <laughs> band that they got to do it. And the band in the game is called Samurai. And I can't remember the name of the band that they got to record it, but I'll probably be adding them to my playlist and checking mm-hmm. them out a little bit more. Cause they sounded pretty cool, but I was going to ask if you guys had watched it, what you 
are planning on starting out like what your starting class would be. They have the the Wastelander, I think. Not Wastelander, that's Fallout, right? Nomad. Nomad. They have the Nomad, the Street Kid, and the Corpo. And so I wasn't sure. And that tells you kind of enough. You get the mm-hmm. gist. If you guys had put any thought into what you would start as or if you're just going to wait till the last minute and just like kind of like randomly pull the trigger on one. I'm going to probably play the game three times and I haven't fully decided which one I'll start. I'm thinking maybe Nomad just because I kind of want to see that outside of the city environment. But have either of you and Aubrey too, if you plan on playing it, put any thought into where you would start? Do you guys get three guesses for what I would pick and the first three don't count? Corpo. Corpo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would pick either Street Kid or Nomad based on the names. So maybe if you do Nomad, I'll do Street Kid and Joe can do Corpo and then we'll have our episode. (laughs) Talk about our experiences. Yeah. In the 15 seconds I've been thinking about it, Corpo, because that's just a really weird sounding name. Cool. Well, uh, not based off any good segue or anything, I think the other news thing that I kind of wanted to touch on is Spider-Man's exclusivity in the Avengers game. If you buy Avengers on PlayStation, you will get Spider-Man as a DLC character at some point. And that's the only way right now that we know you will get him. Maybe it's a timed exclusive. Maybe, you know, we don't fully know what's going to happen down the road. They're not obviously not going to tell us. But right now, if you want to be Spider-Man, you better play on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And I get that from a business perspective, but I also think that it really sucks from a player perspective because, and I think it would have been, it would have lessened the blow a little bit if they announced Spider-Man is exclusive for PS4. And also Wolverine is exclusive for Xbox and, you know, I don't know, some super nerdy character is exclusive for PC. Like... (laughs) But is there, are there any, like, is Capcom, because Capcom has the games license to X-Men, right? But That's a good question. Yeah, who made, know. no, who made... Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom? No, Marvel Ultimate Alliance on the Switch. That wasn't Capcom. Was it? I don't know. Because they had X-Men in it, didn't they? Anyways, but to, to get back to what I had been but saying, just, yeah. it's not hugely so like you if you want to play spider-man any in any shape or form you've had to buy a playstation for the last however many years no because you could play as him in marvel ultimate alliance 3 on the switch team ninja made that yeah team ninja okay that throws that theory out microsoft now right because so no which shows how much like i pay attention to these things but yeah it's just like so yeah, I've I've seen that come out a lot that uh Sony owns Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but they own like the movie rights to him. Yeah. They don't own like comic book or games. This was purely a marketing deal. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, yeah. then I'm a little more surprised now. Yeah. Well, and it's to me it's very weird that they announced like okay, like cuz I know that they've had some Sony exclusive marketing already because you can play the beta first on PlayStation and then Xbox. And I think it, um, the open beta comes out first on PlayStation and then Xbox. So definitely a PlayStation push for this game. Yeah. Like there's, there's already PlayStation as a, as a push and it's weird that they announced a exclusive character 
like so we andrew and i did like a, an episode of another podcast remnant gamers yeah and we kind of talked about this a little bit on there too but the the weirdest thing to me is that they chose spider-man because spider-man is such a massive character and like you know whichever character they choose there's going to be some people who are upset because it's like i only have an xbox and i can't play this character and he's my favorite character but like if they had done like moon knight or squirrel girl or something that like a very small percentage of people even know who that is. That to me is different than like picking one of the like biggest Marvel characters in the, you know, like Spider-Man is arguably one of the biggest Marvel characters and definitely I think was before Disney's like MCU. I think Disney's MCU has brought a few others to the forefront, but it's weird that that's how it's working and that we haven't, they won't tell us like, it's a timed exclusive, and and like I know that they don't want to advertise it being a timed exclusive, but it makes me wonder like how are they going to do this? Like, is Spider Man going to have an integral part of the game moving forward? Because if not, then can't. like that sucks. And if it, you know, if is every console getting or you know is Xbox and PC getting something exclusive? Because that also kind of sucks. I'd rather just as a consumer have every all of them. one cohesive game yeah one cohesive yeah. experience would be ideal but yeah like it like you said it either means that spider-man is just going to be a character you can go like kind of play around in the like generic missions in mm-hmm. and doesn't get his own like story yeah well, well he'll have his own so i've so he'll have his own storyline but it won't like after that storyline I guess they haven't said necessarily what's going to happen. It's almost like DLC content where it's maybe mm-hmm. concurrent. Like, and meanwhile, Spider-Man was doing this. Yeah. As opposed to. I'm also kind of curious to see because Insomniac knocked it out of the park so much with mm-hmm. their Spider-Man, like how this one feels. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to feel like a cheap knockoff, but yeah, we'll see. And like, I understand why exclusivity stuff exists. It's just weird to me that it's like third party exclusives. Cause that like it, that to me seems like we're taking a step backwards. Like, yeah, it sucks that the Spider-Man game is only on PlayStation, but like it's an exclusive game on PlayStation. Like that to me is more acceptable than like, Hey, we're a third party company putting this game on every system, but one system is going to get a better experience while the other systems are going to have a markedly worse experience because we decided to take this money. And I don't know, I mean, maybe they needed this money to make the game happen, but I was already kind of skeptical on this game, and this news kind of made me be like, yeah, I'm not going to get this game. Like, maybe I'll pick it up on sale for $5 when it fails. <laughs> so yeah, in two years when they've patched the hell out of it. Yeah. Well, are there any other news topics that you guys want to mention before we move on that you want to touch on? Anything that happened recently that... I was going to briefly talk about the epic going to war with apple and google yeah i, I guess that that's a pretty big one <laughs> so and joe was talking joan, about it early earlier yeah, if we can rain joe joe in on that one let's yeah, well i mean i i already collected my thoughts into cohesive form earlier so yeah this is yeah. easy to go quick it's easy to go quick I mean, it's really just to sum it up apple activated epic's trap card yeah like a- a- epic 100 <laughs> percent baited them into this fight because mm-hmm. Apple pulled their app, and I, I none of the stories I've looked at got specific on like what it was that Epic patched into Fortnite that made Apple they, pull it. 
they patched in so they added a th- another payment method so you could either buy their like virtual currency v bucks or whatever through apple's store or you could buy them directly from epic for 20 percent less so they were basically mm-hmm. like circumnavigating apple's like 30 percent cut of every okay gotcha. so th- they they put that in there and then apple goes okay we're pulling this app because it's violating our our guidelines or whatever to which point within like not even on hours like super quickly epic turns around and not only serves apple legal papers but uh, airs a Fortnite version of apple's famous 1984 trailer where yeah. the protagonist <laughs> of the ad instead of throwing a, a hammer at some random talking face throws the hammer at the talking apple with a very deliberately placed bite taken out of it. And then they had like even a message after it. Uh, Yeah. They they basically said, yeah, Hey, Apple is taking not, not that we have to charge you 20% more to get like our currency. It's no Apple is taking 20% from you, which I think is kind of like they're playing this extremely well, like hashtag free Fortnite. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, okay. It's, it's Epic. Free Fortnite. Like, one of the biggest percentage year over year growth of like any gaming company and is turning into this behemoth, I think faster than mm. most people realize. Like yeah. for all of the, they like, were already huge. Yeah. For all the yelling engine. about, you know, like, Oh, the Epic game store. And like, we need to like boycott it to teach them a lesson. No, like that's a drop in the bucket for Epic. They, yeah, they that's are, a vocal minority. They're huge and they're going to get bigger and bigger and they're not sitting on that. They're, rapidly branching out and establishing themselves as like a big i would say almost into like the territory of being a tech company because they like, mm-hmm. they are now doing like video production for films like stuff like that yeah i guess an, right. an audio visual tech company like be a little more specific mm-hmm. and so yeah now they're at the point where they're thinking that they're gonna take on apple and google at the same time who are mm-hmm. probably like the two biggest companies in the world outside of maybe Amazon, mm-hmm. which which is interesting. And well, I have absolutely no like they're not doing this for the morality of it because like yes, of course Apple is enforcing a double standard and mm-hmm. all of that. It's like yeah, Epic's not it for the morality of like Apple is doing something wrong. They're in it to make money, mm-hmm. but they're being very very smart about it and framing it like they're there to go after this big unfair corporation yeah and see and and i have a little bit of hope that maybe they're doing it as kind of like a morality type of thing because like they're the lawsuits are for no money like they're they're the lawsuits are that they've served apple and google with are just to call out unfair practices and talk about like the fact that apple and google base basically have like monopolies on their app stores which is anti-consumer and like the 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 government has stepped in and broken up microsoft back in the day like microsoft used to pull oh yeah this the the timing is extremely good on that because yeah the ceos of both those companies were recently dragged before congress and Mm -hmm. asked a whole bunch of antitrust questions yeah um Um, is that the the word antitrust yeah antitrust yeah um, I wanted to so, make yeah, sure I had my legalese right and wasn't just spouting <laughs> random facts. Yeah, so basically they're trying to like, so it's for no money. It's trying to like open up 
the the space to more competition and like and i agree with joe like it is going to end up making epic more money if it works and i don't really think epic is going to lose out on money if it doesn't work but also i i saw i think greg miller was tweeting about it and compared it to when taylor swift like stood up to spotify and like it wasn't necessarily because taylor swift was trying to get more money it was more so because she has a big enough like clout in the music world to be able to be, to stand up and say like, no, this is not uh, good. Oh, did it work? We're you're back now. We're, okay. You're good. <laughs> so basically Taylor Swift had enough of a, a reach to stand up and be like, no, this is, you know, not good that you're giving artists like no money for, and you're just profiting off of streaming music and they're getting nothing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like, Obviously, this will help Epic, but it's going to help a lot of smaller developers who have just had to, you know, suck it up and take it because they, you know, they need to put their thing on the Apple store and they can't afford not to because. Right. Yeah, that's why this looks so brilliant mm-hmm. from Epic because. Yeah. Yeah. It's they are very much aware of the optics and they mm-hmm. are painting themselves to look like the good guy standing up to a big, bad corporation. Yeah. And like they have been doing things that make me believe that they there is someone at that company who cares about other like the little guys because the way that they've made their cuts with epic game store the way that they've released like the licenses for unreal game engine like have been helpful to like smaller developers and towards right you know i'd say it's they've realized that it's like okay what if instead of being like a hundred percent greedy what if we were mm-hmm. like 20% nice because yeah. actually we could maybe make more money doing that or mm-hmm. still make money. I think that that's like, you know, you look at this lawsuit and it's like, yeah, a hundred percent Epic is doing this because it's going to make them more money. If they weren't going mm-hmm. to make more money, they wouldn't be in it. But then at the yeah. same time, they're very smart about the way they're framing their arguments and, you know, they're not asking for money in the lawsuit and when they go before the judge, they're not just going to say it's because of us. We need more money. But I would bet any lawyer worth five bucks would sit there and argue all day about how it affects, you know, everybody and how it affects people mm-hmm. just trying to make a living on the app store. And they have to give, you know, 50 yeah. percent to Apple and Google. Yep. So but that was that. And we kind of joked in the chat how talking about all these corporations felt like a viral marketing campaign for cyberpunk as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. But yeah, I thought I, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that uh, we should move on into our main topic. What do y'all think? Sounds it's good. about that time. Alrighty. Well, with that, let's go ahead and move into our main topic. is our main topic andrew so our main topic joe is the value of a video game what is the value of somewhere between one penny and sixty dollars or more what is the value to you what would you pay for a video game what should you pay for a video game what would you pay to not have microtransactions in your video game what is the total value of a video game once you've bought your dlc and bought your microtransactions? okay first of all there was no disclaimer that this was the lightning round 
So <laughs> need you to back up. This is not a light. This is not a lightning round. This is these are all the things that we're just throwing in there to pontificate on and not solve any problems. Oh, we're gonna pontificate. We're just share share our opinions. Yeah, are, are we so. perhaps gamers now? We're gonna perhaps. <laughs> Some of us are. I I can't speak for everybody. I think the most that I Aubrey, what's what's the value of a video game? Well, I think mm, hmm. Depends on the game. Big time. What what do you look for? What what is I guess let's say that it doesn't matter what you're spending. What do you look for before you're gonna spend anything? Mm, um I look for what type of game it is so like is it uh, a puzzle game is it like a dating sim what are the graphics are they going for like a cartoony style are they going 16-bit are they going 18-bit um do i have any history with the franchise at all so like for instance when i'm say browsing looking just for something to play for fun lately it's been on the switch and i'll go into like the switch deals and um, I tend to go back to the same, I'm going to reach out to these guys eventually and I don't want to insult them in case they're not Ukrainian, but the same Ukrainian like developers that do the puzzle games that I like, they routinely have games that go on sale for like $1.50 on the Switch store. So I'll check them and see if they have any that aren't showing up on the like deals. Um, but then I'll also so check to see if I have any history with the developer or with the games or that sort of thing. Like, for instance, I was poking around the Microsoft store years ago. I went, oh, there's a new Tomb Raider game coming out. Back when I wasn't paying attention to news or anything like that. Like, that stuff would surprise me. Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I did end up buying that at launch. And that was the final one. And so I ended up getting everything. Like, DLC, Extended gold platinum deluxe blah 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 edition the final version of that game or the fine not the final of the trilogy yeah the final of the trilogy oh so this is like a couple years ago yeah i cannot stress enough how much i did not pay attention to the video game industry before joining this podcast (laughs) because back when the original came out like all i really did to be tuned into gaming news was read game informer and i knew that you know they were rebooting tomb raider so (laughs) i thought that's what you were talking about was the like the f- original reboot, but okay. No, no, no. The final, I'm, I'm the final up. game I'm, in that trilogy, and I'm up to speed. Now. And that to date is probably the most I've spent, like at one time on one single game, mm-hmm. because the new game, blah blah blah, biggest most deluxe pack, oh, deluxe right. package that you could get without like them like shipping you stuff was like ninety dollars. Mm-hmm. Having played that game, I honestly probably would have been perfectly content with the sixty dollar version. I played that game on Game Pass and really loved it. Yeah. It's a great game. I enjoyed it immensely. It's absolutely worth $60. The additional stuff I got for the $90. What if you didn't get anything additional, but you paid $90 for it? But I paid $90 for it. How would you have felt about it? Uh, Well. Would Would it have lessened your experience? I probably would have held it to a much higher standard than I did. I've always enjoyed the Tomb Raider games, and I really didn't like how in that game they nerfed the melee combat. I had a tricky time with that, and it severely impacted how I actually play those games. If, I'll be honest, 
I don't like spending $60 on a game. I don't like buying games full price. I don't tend to buy things at launch. Before it was because I wasn't aware when a lot of them were launching. And now I, I look at it and go, well, you might be coming to Game Pass or you're going to be on sale or I can get you at GameStop or whatever. Like I'm not. You don't need to be part of the like initial conversation and hype around a game. No. Because that's something that I think definitely plays into value of a game for me mm-hmm. is I probably if I wasn't as tuned in and didn't want to be spoiled and did want to be part of the conversation and also, you know, on wanted to create content for level playing field, I probably would have waited for the last of us part two to go on sale. Mm -hmm. But because of all those things, it was worth $60 to me to jump in, Mm -hmm. to not have it spoiled, to create content around it, to play it and be part of that initial conversation and people talking about it on that, like those first couple weeks it was out. Yeah. For that part of the experience. Right. Cause that is part of the experience for me. Versus, I don't know, some ge- some other games that aren't like a Plague Tale like I super loved and would have paid more than what I did pay to play it, but it had nothing to do with the conversation because there was none. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really good game that I think is underrated. And I, I guess the reason that I say I would pay more than what I did is because I want to support that studio and have them continue to make games Mm -hmm. of that quality and get recognition. So that's why this is such a tricky question is because there's no black and white answer. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's such a fun podcast question is because everyone is coming at it from a different angle. Like Joe, what about you? What is, what makes it, what do you look for as far as value in a video game? What makes you pull the trigger on buying it? And you know, if What's your 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 scale for if I pay this much, I'm holding it to a higher standard kind of thing? I wouldn't. I mean, sometimes though, like I paid 60, so I'm going to hold it to a higher standard does come into play. More often for me, it's I'll pay $60 to play something on release because either for, for two main reasons. The first one is because I want to not miss out on the conversation and not even just like general social media i mean specifically people who i know whether that's in real life or online but people i like have direct conversations with and i want to be like a part of the conversation you know the whole fomo thing Um, like a good example might honestly be cyberpunk i would normally be content waiting for that the price on that to drop or like aubrey's tomb raider example you were just scrolling through and you found the last in the trilogy that like if i were in your shoes i would have been like oh but it's 60 dollars. i know it'll go on sale and could be like 40 bucks and that's generally how i do most games because it's like well i can save a little bit of money and i have plenty of good things to play now which i think is part of it's not necessarily that the game isn't worth 60 bucks but it's just i am always my personality is to like if i can avoid spending money or like save money i will and so it's like, well, there's so many like other good things to play. Then, mm-hmm. you know, why would I spend sixty bucks on this when I can just wait? That's mm-hmm. a really interesting thing that I didn't think about. That I feel like definitely comes into play more now in the era that we're in, but also the age that we're in, where we're never we never have a shortage of games to mm-hmm. play like at our fingertips. We've never 
like as kids, it would be like, oh, I played this same game yeah. nine times and I'm ready for something new and I'm dying for this new experience I saw a commercial for or a magazine ad or whatever. And I have to have this game. Whereas now it's like, I have a backlog of however many games that are all like good. Like, you know, I've, I've brought up tales from the borderlands where it's like, people say this game is amazing and it's sat in my backlog for like three years. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm never starving for something to play, but it's just, maybe it's not, you know, maybe I'm looking for something, something else, I guess, or something. Right. It's like, um, that's just an interesting thing you brought up that I hadn't really considered before you said that. I'm trying to think of a, a good example of like some big blockbuster $60 title that came out recently. That's not PS4 uh, exclusive. Um, uh, I can't think of yeah, one. So I'll just, I'll just pick on the doom eternal. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a bad example. Cause I bought that at full price when it came out. Um, <laughs> Try again. Okay. Uh, okay so, there, so, or, or paper Mario that that's, Mm, we'll, we'll, yeah. p- we'll pick on that like i could have picked that up that's an exclusive at, but okay but it's an exclusive i have access to that's like the problem with the ps4 stuff is i don't have access gotcha. so it's hard, yeah. hard to but uh the new paper mario or even heck odyssey odyssey mm. like never goes on sale mario you yeah mean? mario odyssey like never yeah. goes on sale but see that's a game i would pay i would tell anybody it's worth this right and i believe you but then it's, it's like I could also get the entire Dark Souls trilogy at no more than 20 bucks a game. Yeah. But you will be smiling the whole time you play Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that's that for me. It's it's like I totally believe Odyssey, good game. Don't doubt it. Worth $60, don't doubt it. But I can get all these these three other games I haven't played yet and look interesting for cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so it's got it's got to take something like like the cyberpunks where it's like if I don't play if I don't get this on release and play it when you guys play it then like in three months I'm gonna be like guys 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 and you guys are gonna be like yeah what that was three months ago yeah Tom will be on that, his fifth playthrough <laughs> like that that throws a whole nother wrinkle that throws two points I want to kind of bring up before I throw it to you Dylan yeah. is one the Nintendo tax mm-hmm. which is interesting that Nintendo thinks their games don't ever lose value. And uh, most people apparently agree because we buy them. And I just flat out said Odyssey, which came out launch year of the Switch, is still worth 60 bucks. And I, I would stand by that. I would say that just the the creative puzzles and things you do in that game and the vibe and just the pure joy you'll get out of playing it and the replay value, it's like I would, if I didn't own it now, I would pay, I would buy it, play through it and feel like, yeah, I got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to touch on about that kind of experience, another thing that maybe like draws you in, not just the fact that, you know, you say I'll be on my third playthrough or that like Joe, we played that three months ago is like, I, I think back to the division too, mm-hmm. where I think I was, I played the beta and was like all in. It was like, this feels fun. I want to play it. And I think Dylan, you were pretty much all into like, I don't I, think you and I, really I were like, like the first game, the first division, yeah. but I, so we were I, both, yeah, I got the first division of, on sale. So. right but we were but we were kind of both like you were like if you get it i'll get it it'll yeah. be fun and then we were both kind of like joe you should get it play with us mm-hmm. and joe probably wouldn't have bought it new or maybe ever but we were like mm-hmm. come on join us it'll be fun yeah <laughs> just just do it peer pressure yeah it's, and he it's did, so many and then, external factors 
besides the game itself that will that play into like if i spend mm-hmm. 60 bucks on it that it kind of almost doesn't matter like the game itself at that point like yeah. how good it is yeah yeah because i i think that's a good point like that joe brings up is a lot of it's out external because I, I think you know if you take everything else out of the equation i don't know that i'd ever pay 60 dollars or more for for a game because i think you know I'm willing to pay 30 to $40 for a game, but then there's other things that add to that experience that make me willing to pay the $60 or $70 or whatever it might be in the future, you know, like with cyberpunk, like if you took, you know, the fun I was going to have out of it, you took the conversations and stuff that I'm going to have with you guys out of it. You took like, if you could only play it once, you took that out of it. Like, then I think I'd be like, yeah, $30, $40 maybe. But since I can, you know, experience that story a bunch because there might be some, you know, personal meaning or something in it because I'm going to be able to like be part of the conversation and talk about it and enjoy it. Like, I think that's what kind of bumps it up to me. So like when I buy games, if I'm not buying it to like have conversations with people about it or, you know, replay it a bunch or whatever, then I'm, looking for things that are on sale for like 20, 30, maybe $40, you know? So let's talk about, let's talk about something a little bit more tangible. Yeah. Uh, A couple things you mentioned made me think of this. There are, you mentioned replay value, Mm -hmm. which I think is a good, a a good um, thing to consider just because you said that would be something you would take out of the experience. Like if I took out replay value, which for cyberpunk would be a huge deal because Mm -hmm. that game is seems to be all about replay. Like, Oh, now I'm going to play it this way and it's going to be completely different. But let's talk about hours. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about time and let's talk about the value of your time because the value of a game isn't just money. You can put like, for example, I've obviously, like I've mentioned, played The Witcher 3 like four or five times through. Mm -hmm. And each time I love it, I enjoy myself. Like I've gotten my $60 worth out of that game and the DLC cost and and more. But on the same token, I don't know if Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the best example because I feel like that's the content in that game. Not as much as The Witcher, but it still justifies like a a long game Mm -hmm. but like i there are long games out there that are just long for the sake of being long yeah and so it's like at what point is it costing you time and padding it out versus you know if uh, i feel like the last of us was guilty of this to a small degree not a a, i don't think there was a lot of padding but that game felt long and a lot of it was because it was intense you know content (laughs) but it felt longer than maybe it could have been. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, w- would I pay m- Would I rather pay $60 to have a very tight, concise, very like pulled together and polished package? Or do I want to pay $60 and have hours of content? Or would I rather, you know, is my time more valuable? That's something I've seen come up a lot mm-hmm. more, especially recently is time the 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 time investment in a game versus the money investment because mm-hmm. especially in our age group as we all get older and we're all doing other things and you know school and families and jobs and you know it'd be nice to be able to play a game and see the whole thing in like 20 hours and feel mm-hmm. like you accomplished something 
but then also sometimes you just want to fall into a world and just like disappear into that world for a long time. So it's that I feel like that's an interesting dynamic. What what do you guys think about that? I think it depends on the style of gameplay. I just checked. I've put 230 hours into Animal Crossing so far. Oh boy. <laughs> but the Ooh. thought of investing you know like I've given up on Infamous Second Son, like that stalled out. Mm. Um Assassin's Creed Origins, which I do want to go oh. back to. I ha- I know you talk such a big thing, but I'm going to have to restart it at this point. And so that's essentially the 15 hours that I've already put into it. Yeah, but that's just, that's a little bit, uh, 15 hours. But that's still like stuff I have to redo, <laughs> I have to reinvest. And so there's that like... Know. That's a good point. It's like that. It's like that that breakthrough mm-hmm. pain, like when your nurse gives you Tylenol and morphine, because the Tylenol is going to cut the breakthrough pain, and then the morphine actually takes it all away. So, like, is that what it's like? Yes. So, like that four, eight, ten hour investment is that breakthrough, mm-hmm. and if you don't hit that, that feels like a waste. If you don't, like, I don't know, if you don't ride the wave. Or whatever, like if the game doesn't vibe with you, then it's mm-hmm. also like, oh, I spent $50 and I only got about, you know, put 10 hours into this and I don't want to play anymore. And that's yeah. what's hard about investing that much money into it when you really have no idea if it's going to work for you. Yeah, there's that that magic, like, will it click? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And if it does then it's amazing. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, you kind of feel like, why did I spend the money? Which yeah. which is why I think the one like franchise that has come out and said, it'll be $60 on this current generation, it'll be seven, 70 on the next, is a very smart franchise to do that. It's like NBA 2K21, I think, is the game that they announced yeah. is going to do that. <laughs> there is... I don't pay very close attention, so maybe I don't notice the subtle differences between, you know, Madden 2019 and Madden 2020, or NBA 2019 and NBA 2020, but this is a massive franchise, and people are Mm -hmm. still buying into it for not a huge difference, so that's already an audience that's kind of okay not being screwed over per se, but being treated the way that they are. Like you're not getting well, they are a because story. Yeah. NBA specifically is one of the most like egregious microtransaction games out there. So mm-hmm. you're going to pay an extra $10 to buy it flat out and they're not going to pull that crap Mm-mm, like out no. of the game. So you're going to get that too. That's an interesting point too. Uh, they came out, they were the ones that sparked this whole thing that games are going to be mm-hmm. more expensive next gen. Mm-hmm. But then I'm pretty sure it was at Ubisoft that said that their games are going to stay $60. So we're kind of in flux where it's like mm-hmm. we still don't have confirmation that the industry as a whole is moving to a higher decided that they're gonna do this, yeah. tier. Yeah. But some games and publishers are like, we're doing it. And if you want to play mm-hmm. our games, you have to. Dylan, you look like you were going to say something. What you got? Yeah. Well, I, I was trying to remember like the the I didn't follow like everything as a gamer last time this happened because the last time that I can remember that this happened was the original Xbox and the Xbox 360 generations that that switch because games used to be like 50 bucks. That used to be like the standard price for a game. I think I bought, but they were more expensive in like 
was it the SNES era that they were 70? I, I've heard about yeah, it. I Obviously, I was too young to yeah. live it. But yeah, I don't I don't know prior to like Xbox mm-hmm. levels because I or Xbox times because I don't I didn't really like I bought that's random yeah, PC that was, games throughout that. I didn't and I don't know like adjusted for inflation or whatever like is, you know, what you would spend on an N64 game ridiculous now or whatever. But yeah, I do. I do remember like going from 50 to 60, which I know is like a big jump because i was still a kid when that happened and i was like that's 10 more dollars that's like another week's worth of allowance and or chores well, not really and allowance it was chores and mowing a lawn <laughs> so right. um and so i was like come on guys but yeah i don't i don't know because it's very like to your question andrew i don't i was trying to think of a good example while aubrey was talking because like i, I the examples i want to throw out there are things like after party or What's the game with the cat, Aubrey? The uh, Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Um, but those aren't sixty dollars. So those aren't sixty dollars games, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I that was a shorter game that you know was still, you know, I forget how much After Party launched for because it was on Game Pass. Um, but it had like an impact on you, and you felt like whatever yeah. you paid for it, you got that out of it. Exactly. I think the the sixty dollars one I can think of is Mass Effect Three or dragon age inquisition inquisition's like really, a huge game though yeah it and see and that's the thing is like it, i definitely put way so, a ton of time into that like but i don't feel like the time itself was like the main thing i was looking at you know um, a lot of people throw out like why do i buy call of duty for 60 dollars when i get like a four-hour campaign mm-hmm. versus say i don't know red dead or or skyrim or, or something where it's like I get a 50 hour campaign. Well, that's, that's not the same value to time, like money to yeah. time ratio I'm getting ripped off versus, but I mean, call of duty has zombies and mm-hmm. multiplayer and you do it as a social activity. And so like all the stuff comes into play, but just purely on content time spent playing, especially like if it's a narrative game, mm-hmm. that argument comes up a lot where it's like, well, I, if I'm going to pay $60, I better get, you know, X 25 hours or yeah. plus you know content and then i feel like sometimes what happens because of that is developers are like well let's go ahead and pad this section out add some pointless fetch mm-hmm. quest garbage here because we don't want the gamer to feel like they didn't get their money's worth you know and and that kind of actually hurts the overall experience mm-hmm. because it takes the wind out of the sails, so to speak, of the game and the experience you were having versus if it was a tight 15-hour experience, it would be a better experience overall, mm-hmm. but it would have taken less time to get through. Yeah, kind of like a Assassin's Creed Origins for me. Like, I really loved the story of Assassin's Creed Origins and just going through the story. But there were a few times the game stops you and makes you do a bunch of side missions because you're not high enough level to really take on the story quest. And for me, those parts got a little frustrating because I was like, I just want to keep experiencing Bayek's story. And I know like you really enjoy like collecting everything on the map and doing everything. I was going to say, like <laughs> and- that game specifically, I could have just ignored and I did at certain points just ignore the main quest and explore that world mm-hmm. and go through pyramids and, you know, look at this side thing and that side thing 
not only because I love open worlds and checking off boxes, but mm-hmm. because that environment, that Egyptian environment was so cool to me. Yeah. And that brings up another interesting wrinkle, which is this conversation is all wrinkles, but they can't build a game for Dylan. No, exactly. And they can't build a game well, they for did me. Monster Hunter. <laughs> well, yeah. And they made one for me. It's called The Witcher. But I mean, they can't pick one type of mm-hmm. like gamer style, how gamer wants to play this game and make that like it has to be they have to just make it and hope people like it mm-hmm. or make it to the masses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's I think something that in general I feel like most people get like there's there's a reason we buy games you know like there's a reason games are currently $60 if people wouldn't buy them at $60 then they wouldn't be $60 so i mean like monetarily people in general probably at least see games as you know $60 worth of value but i think we all kind of like to your point i think we all value different things within those games at different and you know exactly. i think i'm reminded of like our the episode you and Joe and I did on like the motivations of gaming and like what brings us to the table for those games. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think, I think a lot of that plays into how we evaluate this game and its value to us. Cause a a game that you might buy for $60, I might buy for 50 and Joe might buy for 40 and Aubrey might buy if it's on sale for like 10 bucks, you know, and never, and, and, and yeah, like, and all of us would be happy and satisfied <laughs> with that game at that price point. But if it had been a different price point, we might be like, mm, I don't know if this was worth my, you know, I, I could have paid ten dollars. Yeah, I think what we're like getting at is it matters more outside of like external factors, like you know, FOMO mm-hmm. and all of that. It's really more about is the game fun, mm-hmm. and like, am I really enjoying the core gameplay loop? And if and if the answer to that is like no or a well, but there's this one, whatever it is, mm-hmm. then the price suddenly starts to matter more. Mm-hmm. And like, like Doom Eternal is a good example. Like it was like a twenty-hour game at most, I think. Fairly fast game. It is a game you're meant to play through multiple times and work your way up through the, through the difficulties. It's like a 20-hour game, though, or something like that. Fairly short. Paid $60 for it. Didn't mind. Had a blast. Just the core mm-hmm. gameplay, I really liked. It was a ton of fun. Contrast that to uh, Control, which I played recently, that I think I paid 30 bucks for when it was on sale, something like that. And I thought that was about 20 to 30 hours, like not too long of a game. And that was one where I kind of felt like, okay... I'm not mad, but I'm definitely glad I only paid 30 for this. I think I would have been disappointed if it was 60 because the combat in that release kind of never was fun. I really liked exploring the facility, reading all the little memos and getting the like backstory. And like, it was very weird, very like portal vibes, like Mm -hmm. mysterious organization has this mammoth underground facility that like, also, nobody's here. I have to like figure out what they were doing here. I love that stuff. That was like, oh, really intriguing. But then the combat was just kind of like bang, bang, throw rocks, bang, bang, throw rocks to the point where I got to the end and was like, okay, I'm like, I, I had my fill of this. And if I had paid mm-hmm. 60, I would have been a little more, 
I probably would have been down. Is it like Control overall? It's like, yeah, that was a good game. Had I paid 60, I probably would have been a little down on it because it's like, well, I mm-hmm. really didn't enjoy the combat too much. But that's only, it's like price only becomes an issue after there's that like, okay, I am not having a blast with the core gameplay loop. If you're having a blast with the core gameplay loop, then it's like the game could be 80 bucks. It's worth bu- whatever dollars. you paid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and this does make me think of something that I, I've been meaning to ask you, like when this topic came up, I was like, I want to hear from Joe because you're like, I play WoW occasionally, like I'll probably unsubscribe in a month or two, but you were probably the most consistent WoW player amongst us. So like, talk, can you talk a little bit about like that part of like, not only have you purchased each expansion for like the 40 bucks or whatever it costs when it comes out, but you also but you're paying pay a subscription. a subscription each month for, for one, one game. game. Right. And, and like you, you find the value in that. Oh, for sure. Like I definitely get my times and enjoyments mm-hmm. worth out of it, partly because it's a socially unique thing. So it's like mm-hmm. you're paying to be a part of that. And I think WoW does community a little better than like, mm-hmm. example, like live service games like The Division or Anthem mm-hmm. like this. Those games do have bits of communities, but it's kind of, my impression is it's more meant to be a game you play with a handful of like real life mm-hmm. buddies and you jump back in every couple of months. Whereas WoW is like, no, you're going to have communities of 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, 1,000 people. And so it's yeah. like you're paying 15 bucks a month almost to be a part of a social club. I don't think Country it's necessarily fees. nearly as worth if like you just want to level and do LF. Okay, I'm picking on Dylan at this point. Like if you want to level. Uh, and well, and, and no, yeah. but I That was I my agree. experience yeah. too like, for, for most I could of see, it. Like, could see like Dylan does like jump in and out and doesn't buy the expansions right away all that was for me it's like no brainer expansions particularly mm-hmm. because that's that's like a totally unique experience and a new expansion comes out that like just the FOMO right there kicks in mm-hmm. but then also like with wow if we want to even get further into it i have paid 50 bucks basically to change a couple of lines in a database because it was worth it to me to pay that to continue to be a part of this social thing. So to give context to why I paid $50 to change a couple lines in a database, uh, Alliance rating and WoW isn't really a thing anymore. It's been dying to the point that like I don't think it's really going to survive the next expansion. I could get into the backstory on like why that is, but the short uh, version is that... <laughs> Third version is that if you want to raid beyond her like heroic difficulty, you want to like clear each tier on mythic, you really kind of need to go horde because just the ecosystem isn't there on alliance anymore. And Blizzard has dug their feet in and kind of refused to do anything about it. And it's actually kind of weird because it's we're enabling their greed. Blizzard totally mm-hmm. could make transfers free. They could enable cross faction raiding. They have been asked directly if they would do that. And they're really just kind of like, eh, whatever. Not until China tells us to. And so, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. And so, like, it costs 50 bucks to move your character mm-hmm. from an alliance. So, it's, I think, 25 to move servers. But the servers are so heavily imbalanced. It's like alliance server, horde server. There's no, like, mixed servers anymore. 
So it's 25 to move servers and then another 30 to change your faction. Mm-hmm. And I've done that with multiple characters just because it's like, well, this is not just like a game I play. This is like the main game I play. Like I don't pick up, mm-hmm. I don't go look at the Steam new releases and go like, oh, what's the new $60 thing that came out this month? It's like I play WoW and then like random stuff I pick up on sale. And so for yeah. me, it's like when I look at like, okay, if I played WoW versus played random $60 games when they came out because they looked neat, I think it all evens out in the end. And if you want to get into like the hobby side of things, like raiding is still a cheaper hobby than most. We can get my brother on and he can talk about the kind of money he spends on woodworking and fishing. And he's not even like that hardcore into either of those things. Yeah. I'm gonna say you could talk about the two hundred dollar starter I just had to buy for my motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. And so then all of a sudden, <laughs> like me paying a one time fifty actually I won't say one time because I did it with multiple characters, but theoretically, <laughs> like if you just had the one character, a one time fifty dollar fee. Mm-hmm. I'll frame it this way. That's my justification for it. I don't know if I can yeah. say if it's a good or a bad it really is kind of a bad thing and like it doesn't cost $50 to update two lines in a database. And just to say, hey, this guy was on this server and this faction, we'll go and update these lines here. And yeah. Well, and it's it's not much different from, I mean, it is different from an expansion, but it's also not that different from an expansion in that you are paying that money to add to your gaming experience. Right. It, it yeah, is a like, a either I pay this or I don't play. Mm-hmm. Is kind of the like early where it or I play a very heavily like shackled will, experience. Yeah, you know, it's like if I really experience. was like, okay, I don't want to pay, then I can just sit here and raid heroics and not ever feel challenged. But that's not why I play WoW. The other thing I can loop into this whole conversation, this is goes for like lots of MMOs in general. Is a lot of them these days will let you buy in game. Well, to convert in-game currency to, if not, you can't buy it to like real money, but like to their time. currency, to their like mm-hmm. shop dollars. Mm-hmm. So for a while, I actually choose to use real money because for me personally, I would rather have my in-game gold to spend on like things in-game, like BOEs, consumables, all of that. But also, like, the WoW tokens are about 100,000 gold. Mm-hmm. And if you get into the point where you can carry people through keys, you can make 100,000 a month pretty easily if you wanted to go that route. And so then at that point, it's like after three months, you can then pay to move another alt across mm-hmm. factions, stuff like that. So there is... Now, Blizzard still makes... The sit, they actually make more money if you go that way because somebody else is based, like you're taking gold they're taking gold away from you and giving it to somebody else and that somebody else paid more than your subscription fee so they're mm-hmm. making more money overall but you as an individual can go like okay I either don't have the like extra you know petty cash or I just don't want to give Blizzard more money for this service so you know I could farm it out myself yeah Anyways, that was a long tangent. No, I, I thought mean, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it's not really a tangent when it's relevant to the conversation. Yeah, because because like there, 
the the difference is like you know we we were talking about like just you know standard game price and like game price on sale but i think like subscription based models are like one subset that we did hadn't talked about and then like micro transactiony type yeah. stuff and i other. think i think games that have subscriptions i think at this point it's really just the ones who have had it for so long mm. most games yeah. that you would think might have a subscription they kind of tend to like i think live service games like the division or the mm-hmm. anthem or destiny games that in the past would have had subscription based models had don't anymore because i think there's a kind of a negative perception around subscription based models and the only ones who can yeah. get away with it are the ones who kind of have it grandfathered in um, yeah, like if WoW came out today, I don't think it would be right because there's, there's this weird like I already bought your game. Why do I have to give you fifteen a month? Which is an yeah. interesting conversation when you start to look at like microtransactions because those make a heck of a lot of money, possibly even more than a subscription, and yet half the time they don't even affect gameplay, which is or like yeah. it's very weird. Like a, a good example is your Fortnite's or your League of Legends or. um Overwatch, yeah, Overwatch is a is a good one. It's a slightly different. Warzone's another one where you look Mm -hmm. and you go, so subscriptions are bad, but you guys are chucking twenty bucks a month ish into a game for just cosmetics like battle passes. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like every yeah every three months you throw another twenty or thirty bucks into the game. And most battle passes are really just like skins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the thing there is that it's optional. Yeah. And like WoW has transactions outside of their subscription too. Like you could mm-hmm. buy a amount or whatever for extra money. Yeah. Not that you have to or that most people do, but live service games or even like games like Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey, it's like, hey, you want this cool looking armor pack or you want like an xp boost you can pay for it but mm-hmm. it's all optional. right now i'm like, going, I'm I going played... specific like the xp boost and whatnot i think i think anything gameplay impacting gets into a different different kind of conversation but yeah like your fortnites yeah. and your your uh apexes and stuff i mean that's well, still it optional was, it, i don't other than i, don't I mean battle it's... passes i guess are yeah. some but yeah it's like you spend like different I, I don't really know how the cosmetic stuff in Fortnite exactly works. Like, what skins do you buy and what skins are through the, the battle pass? But it's like, you can chuck 30 bucks at Fortnite to look like Keanu Reeves. Um, mm. But also, I may just be showing, like, my age here. Also, it's like, okay, that's... But why? Like, it doesn't change how I play the game. Uh I just I look like Keanu. I now own this virtual good, but mm-hmm. what I'm like this doesn't change how I play the game. To me personally, it's like that's just like oh, well, like a minor dopamine hit that like oh, I look cool, and then mm-hmm. it's like but this doesn't for the jokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think because that's the the kind of thing I would be you know like me when I play you know a game that's free to play or something like that like Smite. I'll play Smite and like. I don't really buy a ton of skins or anything for Smite, but if there is, like, I bought a Bob Ross skin for like ten bucks because it looked because Bob Ross, you know, and so it's like it's go a game. watch the video version, people. Yeah, 
it's a game that I enjoy and I'm willing to toss them, you know, 10 bucks occasionally because it's free to play and I don't mind, you know, I've gotten enough hours into it and enough enjoyment out of it that I'll kick them, you know, some money occasionally. Yeah, um, I get that argument. It's, it's the, it's, I don't know if it's Modern Warfare that's doing it. Like, I don't know how Modern Warfare is doing their stuff because I haven't played a ton of it recently, but I know like Black Ops 4 or 3, whatever one was most recent. Four. They would have like guns and stuff in that you couldn't get unless you got like their battle pass or their chests. And so that's where, you know, like Joe was saying, that's kind of where I draw the line of like, this is a gameplay thing now. Like, if I don't mm-hmm. do this, I can't have this gun and I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, it goes from um, like, if it's just, if it's cosmetic, I'm totally fine with like, some people will just want to look cool. Some people like me will just like toss 10 bucks over their way occasionally because I'm having fun. But if, if I get killed one more time by the stupid shotguns that like you could only get in loot boxes and black ops, that's stupid. <laughs> so. Yeah. When I think it kind of is a good example of why the argument of increasing the base cost of these games will lead to less of that. Mm-hmm. Because it is already so entrenched in the community. And I seriously doubt that whatever developer that produced the latest Call of Duty game has not made back their money tenfold on the loot mm-hmm. boxes. Like, that's a game franchise with a big enough base that even if only a percentage of them, or they do like the mobile games where they look for the whales who will drop a thousand dollars on stuff. That's worth more to them than the potential bump. Plus, mm-hmm. I don't see them giving it up at this point. That no, that if, kind of if system. The, if the base price goes up, loot boxes are kind of going away. They got poo-pooed, but mm-hmm. microtransactions or battle pass, those kind of things, those are going to stick around no matter what the base price mm-hmm. is. Because like you said, that's where a lot of them make their money. Yeah, so, and those, yeah. I will... I'll, I'll concede that those almost have to exist. And I really, I don't, don't begrudge the cosmetic stuff or exist. It's just mm-hmm. like, I look at that and I go, but, but why? Like, I don't get yeah, it. Like, I don't it's not spend for me, money but on it's it. Fine. But at the same time, I don't begrudge it for existing, especially because games are so entrenched at being $60, but mm-hmm. they have only been, the cost to make games has only gone up. It is not getting yeah. cheaper to make specifically AAA games. It's getting more and more expensive. But if they can't charge mm-hmm. more for the copy, they have to get that money somewhere. Yeah. And they do need to make money because at the end of the day, like AAA games is a business. You know, indie games mm-hmm. is a little more like in it for the passion. They just need to break even, whatever, depends on what their background is. Maybe they got a grant somewhere, but. Yeah, AAA games, like, they are a business. They need to make their money. Mm-hmm. And so, like, microtransactions are how they do that and how they can afford to then go make the next game. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think even if game prices at a base level increase, it probably won't affect most of us all that much because it sounds like, for the most part, like, me and Joe and Aubrey tend to buy them on sale like andrew you'd probably be most impacted because you're the one that likes to play stuff like right when it comes out a lot of times for me like i purchase a couple of games a year on you know full price like cyberpunk will be the i think this year it's mostly just cyberpunk 
I'm trying to think of another game. But Animal Crossing, full price. Uh, Animal Crossing. That's and it would have been Halo. Yeah, and I would have bought Halo. But uh, would you have? Don't you have Game Pass? Well, it would have. It would have been on Game Pass. But yeah, exactly. Just as an example, which I do think is interesting. I think that's another. You know, Game wrinkle. Pass is definitely is, another. Like, is wrinkle. Game Pass and stuff like that devaluing yeah, games? That might be a that be a uh, conversation. That for seems like another conversation. Another day, but <laughs> both Game Pass and to really put this to a conversation for another day. Like, you look at like Netflix and Hulu, mm-hmm. and you wonder like. You know, Why obviously that's DVDs? like business business <laughs> secrets and like stuff they don't talk about for a reason. But yeah, how do you, you know, Will Smith made a movie that was on Netflix only. How does Netflix mm-hmm. figure out if they got their money back on that, you know? And yeah. like, I think Game Pass is a similar like problem of Microsoft is giving money to companies and then they're selling their, selling their game on Game Pass how do you figure out, especially I think like the big exclusives like Gears or Halo, where mm-hmm. these are games that came out day one on Game Pass. But those are their right? games. And so how do they figure out, is it worth, did like Gears make money? You know, how do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't share right. those numbers. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. I think they did come out recently and say that they're not making a lot of profit yet, but they're like looking forward to the future mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think this is a good time for us to go ahead and play a game that is free to play with no microtransactions. So let's move into our closing game for this segment. Well, actually, there are microtransactions. <laughs> you can Venmo me. Oh, I'm out. $10, and I'll give you a quick screen share of the price of the game before well f- with that i just like to say thanks for checking out this episode <laughs> <laughs> all right what so, you got dylan so since we're talking about the value of games i am going to go back to the price is right barrel and we are going to play a little bit of price is right i've got a website up what should i steam.com that'll randomly show me like a, a a random steam game that's available on steam's site storefront whatever and so i'm going to read you you know the quick descriptions of the game and your job the three of you is to guess what you think the price of that game is and get the closest to it without going over so are you going to call us out or is it like whoever yells it out first for the first one we'll go alphabetically so we'll go andrew aubrey K- or andrew aubrey joe and then after that we'll go in order of like the f- person who's in who's got the most points will go first and then we'll work our way down that list sounds like a plan okay and does someone mind keeping score yeah i can do that i i can do it i got it up all right okay so the first game on our list is Roguelands. So, All right. This is Earth Lies in Ruins. Our ever-advancing Aether technology opened a rift to another time, unleashing an ancient beast upon the galaxy. Known as the Destroyer, this massive creature travels from world to world, devouring the Aether in planet cores only to leave a dead shell in its wake. You play as Galactic Cadet, tasked with traveling to hostile planets 
in search of precious resources before the destroyer rips through the planet core. Team up with friends, gather resources, and craft powerful gear on your home planet so that you can aid and fight to save the galaxy. So it features procedurally generated worlds, a unique Mm. crafting system, permanent (laughs) death, but permanent progress. Okay. You can master every type of weapon and variant, collect combat ships, and unlock the secrets behind the destroyer and the scourge. So it's like a roguelike. So it is a 2D roguelike with pixel graphics. Side-scrolling. Um, side, side-scrolling. Um, I'm going to say $10. Okay, $10. I'm going to say Aubrey. $12. Okay. $14.99. Okay. <laughs> um, so there are no points this round because um, the game is nine ninety nine. So oh, <laughs> you technically, technically Andrew me. is probably right, but, but he went over with tax. Yeah, on the so over. Rookie so moves, Andrew. You always right. drop a penny. Yep. <laughs> Whatever, Joseph. <laughs> you know, next time we do uh, this, so we should like figure out how to show like a screenshot of the game. I mean, I can do that. I can. Yeah, he can screen share if me, I give him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, do you have? Whoops. Let's see. Okay, you should be able to share now. All right. Let me find which. That's a good good call, Joe. That'll be more interesting for our viewers. I mean, I mostly meant for me because I feel like the look of it. No, it's for the viewers. For, Joe. Like the look of a game, I think, uh, helps with the whole like. Yeah. How much is this game this? worth? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we can oh, see it. I guess I could look on our Twitch. Okay. So next, Siggy, a fart right. for Mul- Melusina. What? What? Super tight game. So about the game, super tight gameplay and wonderful pixel graphics make Siggy a lighthearted and loving eight-bit adventure to enjoy. Story. Join Siggy as he runs and jumps and battles in a flatuent, flatuent quest <laughs> to save Melusina, the love of his life. Space exclamation point. Take down hordes of goofy enemies and crazy bosses, earn riches, find long lost holy artifacts, and make your way to the top of Mount Stinkup. So it's an 8-bit pixel graphic with a chiptune soundtrack by somebody named Sascrotch. <laughs> <laughs> Got, sorry. It's got detailed I'm animations. <laughs> Parallax background, solid game and solid game design. Hordes of All right. enemies. So it's an indie Is game. Dylan's screen not updating for everybody else. Yeah, I was gonna it's say, still saying, uh, showing uh, it says Roguelands and me... it says you need to accept the cookie. The website cookies. The website cookies. Where am I? Also, that that was a good one to not be able to see as Dylan read it because <laughs> Sasquatch it was, doesn't. I like it loses its punch when you read it before Dylan says it. Yeah, that was there. We go. Uh, now we can oh. see. Well, mm-hmm. oh, so. no copyright infringement here. Right. <laughs> All right. So. Good luck, farty pants. This is a Braden game like, <laughs> through and through. Like. This is the ultimate Braden game. I may buy it for him and send it to him. I guess do I go first again? Yeah, you go first again. I'm gonna say four ninety nine. All right. 
Aubrey? That was Hulk Hogan. That was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um, You're killing me with this cookie thing. Six ninety nine. Where? Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Six ninety nine. I'm going to say two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. So, Andrew, what was yours again? Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. And four ninety nine. Exactly. Oh, do I get bonus points for being on the dock? Is yeah, a we'll physical edition for the PS four? Uh Apparently. yeah. I'm buying that and giving it to Brady. <laughs> <for his birthday. laughs> what? So he can play it on mine. That's, it's got positive reviews too, which is kind of shocking to me. Just so he can look <laughs> at it. Okay. So, how many points do I get, Dylan? Uh, we'll give you one point and then like a tiebreaker point for getting exactly on it. Okay. So, so if there's a tie. One plus tie. We'll skip that one. That one looks bad. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the one before was a real winner. Oh. Survive on raft. <laughs> Not on the raft. Survive on raft. Okay. It is a survival sandbox simulator on the raft which throw you into an epic adventure <laughs> in the middle of the ocean a terrible plane crash took the lives of all the passengers and crew except for one you are a, sur- no, you you, a survivor, you a survivor. <laughs> and now you are out of civilization hot sun <laughs> hungry sharks and op- ocean sounds everywhere an almost hopeless situation and a huge opportunity to die throw <laughs> adrenaline into your blood. You have only one thing, craft for survive. Oh my god. Mankind and civilization far beyond the boundless horizon. The main goal of the game is to hold out as long as possible alive, and for this you need to make crafting and building. Hook resources, fishing, improve the raft, and build a shelter right on the raft don't forget (laughs) that thirst and hunger are not the only danger make sure that the shark attack does not destroy your plans for survival oh my god so Uh. it's a survival sandbox basically same thing is what the features say you have huge opportunity to die (laughs) (laughs) well and like Uh. and so you were talking about ripoffs earlier joe um or this there is a game called Raft on Steam. That is this game, but no, good. no, Raft <laughs> is obviously the ripoff because they just shortened the name of this one. Clearly, Survive <laughs> on Raft came first, and then someone was like, "I could simplify this. We're just going to call it Raft." Craft for Survive, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get to go go yeah. again? Uh, yes, you go first because that lets somebody undercut you. All right, I am going to say, oh man, they're overcut you, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna say seven dollars, and then Aubrey, uh, two ninety nine, one ninety nine. Don't forget to throw adrenaline into your blood. (laughs) As we all do. And $4.99. Ah, it was over. So that would mean, Joe, you said two and Aubrey said... No, I said $2.99. He said $1.99. $1.99. So Aubrey gets the point That was the closest without going over. It has mixed reviews. Shocking. Shocking. 
So, so far, Aubrey and I both have one, and I have the tiebreaker point. Copy of Raft. <laughs> Terrible. Steam should ban game and refund people who were scammed. <laughs> if you were scammed by that, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Robocats. Yes! Oh, gosh. Yes! Prism. It's a VR game. So, welcome to Prism Break. I would not want to play this in VR. The action blockbusting game. You must defend yourself from the oncoming Prism blocks. Oh gosh, this looks terrible. Um, to do this, you must <laughs> punch and or dodge the blocks. But be careful. If a block touches you before you can punch them, or if you don't punch the block hard enough, you will lose a heart. Once you lose all hearts, it's game over. Each time you defeat a block, the progress bar will fill up green once it has been filled the final boss will appear defeat the final boss to move on to the next level they're in a mall in front of a trailer (laughs) (laughs) they're wearing backpacks this game backpacks may have come out today no it says august 14 2020 yeah it has no reviews interesting so, Andrew, what do oh, you I think? still get to go first. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say uh, VR. Hmm. I don't really know. See, that's VR the kicker. Pricing. The VR pricing. I'm gonna say fourteen ninety nine. I'm gonna Aubrey? say seven ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. All right. Moment of truth. Plan. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Steam. <laughs> Thanks, Steam. <laughs> it's free? No, it's not out uh, yet. Planned release date, yet. November release 2nd. Release date, November 2nd. Well, darn. So put that in your the, wish we're, list, we're, Dylan. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're piloting this game. Just, you know, bear with us. Can you survive? Let me see if I can pause sharing, and I will uh, make sure that this one has a price. Okay, this one does. Didn't know I needed to do that. Arcady Survive oh, is a symbi- symbiosis of survival sim and match three. Huh. The action of which so takes it's like place like a Joe and <laughs> in the apartment of a young man with social phobia, Arcady, who has decided to completely abstract from the outside world and switch to using a smart home. For a long time, he was able to successfully avoid contact with the outside world until one fine day, all the devices began to fail and Arcady's calm, measured life was not not endangered. (laughs) (laughs) All all this complicated by the fact that new laws have started to be passed every day in the country, which complicate Arcady's already not easy life. In this game, you have to satisfy needs of Arcady to earn money, use smart devices, Repair smart devices. Play the exciting game Match 3. <laughs> Upgrade smart devices. Even more interesting levels in Match 3. <laughs> Put up with the new laws. Pay more money for your needs. Oh my god. Don't, don't scroll any farther. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. That is a terrifying face. You have to watch the video version of this episode. So, I'm just saying. Six smart devices responsible for survival fascinating survival sim they claim that fascinating interesting match three interesting um 20 different levels game statistics achievements cheerful arcadey so andrew 
Or, uh, well, wait, no. Is it Aubrey? No. Well, we ha- we're, tied. we're tied, but I have, the, the, bonus okay. I have the tiebreaker point. Oh, yeah, because the last one didn't have the. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say. Oof. I'm going to go back to my four ninety nine. Ninety nine cents. Ooh! If this was on a phone, I would six ninety nine. Uh huh. All right, moment of truth. Ninety nine cents. Dang! <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like something that probably was on a phone originally. It looks pretty much. This looks like a student horrible. project. Yeah, yeah. It digital Ooh. vitamin. Which, if you were a student and you made this and you put it on Steam, good for you. I mean, that kudos, yes. <laughs> Next time, don't make the character smile. <laughs> All right. Let me make sure this next one has a price. Are Are you just going until you're done, or did you have like a set number of these you were going to do? Just out of curiosity. I was going to see if we could get to five points. So Aubrey's at two. Okay. But we might amend that points number. Because we're running slightly long. All right. Snow Fortress. This is another VR game. A simulation strategy. Um, So relive your childhood by building the perfect snow fort and protecting it from getting trashed by an armory of angry snowmen. Um, So you build your defenses and destroy your opponent's fort in 20 unique levels throw snowballs or use a slingshot for some real damage (laughs) build and maintain a fort while protecting it against ways of attacking snowman in survival mode play cooperatively or competitively in online multiplayer because online multiplayer is apparently a thing in this game unlock shields yeah it's a snowball fight Uh, available oculus rift htc vive windows mixed reality headsets and motion controllers Mm. hmm 26 don't have vr it can be found at many springboard vr vr junkies synthesis vr i guess a bunch of vr arcades around the world if you want to try this i wouldn't i doubt they're open right now that's fair that's fair and putting anything on your face for (laughs) i mean it was a risk um i'm gonna go with 5.99 Ooh. We're going by price, is it me next? Or by points? Yes, you next. All right, then I'm going to go back to my fourteen ninety nine. Okay. $19.99. Yeah, VR, I feel like they charge a little more. And it is $14.99. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So two points for Tom and also two bonus points. Oh, did I get a bonus point for my $0.99? Cents? Yes. Sure. Joint ops, combined arms, gold. Sorry, I just saw the AK-47 yeah. with a dragon on the back. So joint ops, combined arms, gold. And the yes, the cover is a AK with a dragon on the back. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Bro. So ferocious online combat or conflict of the 21st century is now available in its most definitive form. So <laughs> it's the largest multiplayer FPS collection ever. Oh. Um, so it's got joint 
operations, Typhoon Rising, and the best-selling joint operations escalation together in one convenient place. Um, it's an app. It's extremely intense and an absolute blast, according to PC Gamer. So 150 players online, or host up to 64 players on LAN. <laughs> Experience premium connections for three months free. But I guess there's a subscription service you might have to pay if you want those premium connections after that three months. Is this the description that was written in 2009? I would assume so. Then yes, it makes a lot more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Battle over 30 unique, breathtaking, massive multiplayer levels across diverse environments of Indonesia. (laughs) From from chemical weapons (laughs) factories to ancient jungle ruins. All right. Seven classes, seven different authentic... er, Classes of warriors from seven different authentic fighting forces, 35 fully drivable machines. We'll start the bidding with Andrew, I guess. I'm going to say $299. All right. Mm. Aubrey. $599. Whoa. Right. Whoa. All right. This seems like it was a real get. $1999. Wow. <laughs> this isn't, I mean, this looks like shovelware now, but. Yeah, it was published by no, THQ. I, like, yeah, I know it's a real game or a real set of games, but I was still no, they thinking, don't drop the thinking price it's that an old game. Maybe I guess I was thinking of like what it would if, be on if a, what it would be on sale or what like it would if, be if, like if, if for a it, but. like a real publisher was behind it, I very rarely ever see them drop below fifteen or twenty bucks, even if it's like a eleven year old game. Or, Why did you say sexual tyrannosaur? Uh, it's in the screenshot. It seems like a a good uh, game to end on. <laughs> oh, next to dripping yep. wart goo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this last game that we will do is Typing of the Dead Overkill. Um, <laughs> so Typing of the Dead Overkill fuses the horror and comedy of the legendary House of the Dead series with the unique typing mechanics in order to deliver a truly original gaming experience. This gruesome shooter puts you in the middle of a mutant outbreak in Bayou County, blasts pieces out of the zombie horde across nine stages, one keystroke at a time, in order to save you and a friend's life as you work to uncover the mystery behind the outbreak. Features, randomized, kill words to make every experience unique. Your keyboard is the weapon. Type bullet holes into those <laughs> zombie hordes. Three difficulty levels include included to test your typing skills to the max, as well as a special hardcore level for true keyboard warriors. <laughs> Redefined House of the Dead gameplay to complement the new typing mechanics. Two-player co-op multiplayer, which is... I wonder how that works. Do you each have to have a keyboard? No, you go yeah. full NCIS, four hands on one keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> full Steam integration, full and faithful port of the original PS3 edition. Of House what? Of, how did you play this on a PS3? Did you plug a, a keyboard into the PS3? That's what I'm wondering. Huh. No, because I think and House so, of yes. the Dead is its own game. Mm-hmm. And so it's like oh, you can so play of House, House of, of the, the Dead, Dead, but then they but also it's... have typing of the dead okay okay we're gonna just believe you like it's fact move on i believe him yeah seems legit 
Uh, I guess I get to go first. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, $14.99. Okay. $5.99. $17.99. All right. (laughs) We will... $19.99. So Joe is correct. Joe is not correct. Oh, yeah, he is correct. Because he got the closest without going over. You're right. So that gives him two points. of dust. What? Imagine typing that fast. and like could eat a horse like the yeah. the screenshots we saw earlier with the wart thing and, uh, sexual trans that was like what what did they call it the edgy dlc or the like the, the uh gory dlc or something like that yeah it was like roasted the, <laughs> i'm gonna type roasted as unicorns. i kill zombies jolly roger wow that, phantom ball player maggots Ample bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the it was the DLC. filth DLC. Yes. Yeah, two ninety nine. Hey, worth it if you get to type sexual tyrannosaur. <laughs> yeah, you can do that for you free. You could also buy the twenty five ninety nine pack. Joe. Yeah, but could you kill <laughs> a zombie while typing sexual tyrannosaur? Exactly. So. That was a fun game, Dylan, and I, I recommend that, that you should go check out the video version if you're just listening to this, at least for the game, to see these screens. It's yeah. good call, Joe, doing, recommending the screen share. And that, uh, so Andrew was the winner, right? Because yeah, was so tied at two all, but he had the most like on the nose guesses. Joe and I were tied for two. I had a two bonus for my spot on guesses and then Aubrey had one but she had a one bonus I for had her two guess, so yeah I think she got two. Oh, you got a second yeah, one two okay. one was spot on so I only had a one bonus like Joe only had the one bonus your two that you got were spot on okay gotcha I didn't lose by that so, much yeah. so that means <laughs> gotcha cool yeah that was that a good, was a game. good game that was fun well unless anybody has any like closing um positive things that have happened to them this week that they want to share good things that have happened to you anybody anybody want to say something good before we close it out work's getting busy again so i'm not playing games as much but i'll actually have a full paycheck for the first time since the pandemic started so that'll be nice that that sounds mostly positive dylan anything positive in your life i finished teaching a class this or helping teach a class this week so Today was our last day, so it was a two-week August class that I we just wrapped up. So yay! That's nice, nice, Joe. Anything? Uh, we we might get to take our monitors at work home. How big's your monitor at work? Is it going to be like mind blowing? How How's Wow going to look it? on it? Yeah, they're both. <laughs> You have two monitors at work, and they're both like 24 or 26 inch 4K monitors. They're a lot nicer than what I have at home. It's like the one thing I've missed about going into the office because you can fit so much more information on a screen. So all 60 frames That's are going to look real nice on that monitor. Yeah, well, I have an old, my desktop at home is, has older parts in it, so. Getting both 4K and 60 frames in a game will be a little interesting. Maybe can't do it, but just 
to but at you'll least have work. fun anyway yeah but to at least have just you know even just general like desktop usage when you have that much space mm-hmm. room for so much activities right <laughs> <laughs> cool what was and your good that, thing nope what was your good thing i uh i don't know how good it is yet but i'm going back to school and uh, I had orientation this week virtually, and it was all right. And I start, I think classes are going to kind of kick into effect next week. And so it'll be good for me and good for my future, but I'm not necessarily looking forward to it. So it's definitely going to cut into gaming time and yeah. stuff like that. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I am, I am excited about the long-term impact that it will have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I guess I'll leave it with that and say thanks for checking out this episode of the Level Playing Field podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to help us out growing our community, please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube and give us a like or follow. If you have any suggestions, questions, or just want to say hey, we'll take it. Just say hey. Feel free to reach out on social media or email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com. Big thank you to my co-hosts, Dylan, Aubrey, and Joe, and an even bigger thank you to our listeners. We really do appreciate you. I say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. See ya. Thanks for listening. <laughs>